Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. If you wrap foil around that, just like the little bit of the base part of the banana where the fruit is, wrap foil around that top and they will last longer. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Who needs your bananas to last longer, though? I don't want to go to the store every they're, other they're, day for bananas. They're so, eight cents each. What the hell are you talking about? What's going on? You're going to wrap them in foil? They're better when they're just a little green. Yeah. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Too much work. Not that much trouble. Written. Too much work. Says the guy that's got a spreadsheet with 3,000 fantasy teams. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I am glad this has come up because I bought... The organic bananas uh, yesterday, okay. yesterday, where seven or eight bananas was like a dollar sixty. Mm-hmm. Putting them at what twenty cents each? Yeah, for the organic, which is always sort of mind blowing when you look at the price of the what? What do you want? And anything, <laughs> celery, broccoli, you, sure, broccoli. And then you look at the organic and like, whoa, this must be way better yeah. for you and tasting. Yeah. But the, the, as it happened, this banana section was a pretty green. It wasn't really ready to go here, this, most of these bananas. So the organic was where it was at. Like, you know what? I got an extra buck for the organic when it comes to bananas. Absolutely. This time I'll do it. I mean, it's week 18. Right, Sigmund? It's week 18. We can't, we can't stop short. Yeah. I, I think the key with bananas is, you have to buy them before you want them. I always get yes. tripped up on that. You have to buy them like two or three days before you want one, and I'm not a planner. <laughs> no, right. Well, you should do what Bulldog does and put them in foil or something. I don't know what, what that even means. Just the very tops. Just the top where they're all bunched together. Put foil around that, and they last longer. That's yeah, all. that's going the other way, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sigmund Bloom, footballguys.com. Happy New Year, Sigmund. Why is Matt Waldman threatening to buy you a Russell Wilson Steelers jersey? <laughs> well, well, because in some ways, I mean, look, I don't know how the Steelers quarterback situation could be any more than a, of a nightmare than it has been for the last four years. But this version of Russell Wilson, you know, going down the drain with him uh, might be the latest chapter. And he was a big Russell Wilson fan, you know, coming out of NC State in Wisconsin, and he predicted his success. So he enjoys the way that it torments others. As he is, he hanging on to hope that Wilson isn't completely washed um you know i haven't talked to him about wilson lately but i think that it was clear from the beginning uh you know working with cecil lamb who covers the broncos my co-host yep. that sean payton never trusted him he, he told me week in week out he he's not running the sean payton offense you're not seeing the sean payton offense because sean payton doesn't trust russell wilson so i think we're kind of left where we were at the end of last year where we say how much of it was the treatment and how much of it is just he doesn't have anything left so, with all that said, does he get 
the Pittsburgh starting job or some other starting job? Does somebody go get him and prop him up after all this? I think so. I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks that have been starting this season. And I think that uh, a, a coordinator can absolutely talk themselves into I, – I know that uh, Cecil put it that Russell Wilson's a chaos quarterback, not a structure quarterback. So I think if you have a coordinator that is willing to have a strong running game and then build that in, and Russell Wilson is at that point in his career. And look, if he was playing knowing that he was going to be released at some point this season, then I think he understands that he's not dictating the terms anymore on the team that he ends up. So I think you could probably find a marriage where he just has to be, I know people don't like this term, but a game manager, (laughs) except when the game script demands that he's something else. Okay, I think then you've answered my next question, which was going to be, who would you rather have in Dynasty right now, Russell Wilson or Joe Flacco? Ooh. I mean, I, it's probably Russell Wilson just because I don't know if Joe Flacco is going to play next year. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if, if we find out that Joe Flacco wants to play next year, depending on where he lands, uh, absolutely the, the answer could flip because – what you've seen with Flacco, maybe it's just that there aren't that many quarterbacks who are comfortable pushing the ball downfield. This is what we've seen the change in Mason Rudolph for the Steelers. And maybe that's one of the things that we need to look for in quarterbacks, or we need to let quarterbacks incubate on the bench like Jordan Love has until they're ready to, instead of seeing negative possibilities and letting fear rule what they see when they look at the field being bold because you see what Amari Cooper has done with Joe Flacco and even Deshaun Watson wasn't unlocking that did you say that that way about Flacco because you would wonder if he wants to keep playing or does he still need to do something in the playoffs to make him well uh you know same question I just asked you about Russell Wilson like is somebody going to go get Flacco and put him in I would hope so, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I would have hoped that a team would have made an offer to the Ravens for Lamar Jackson last offseason. Hmm. So teams and predicting what the league-wide sentiment is, Joe Flacco was out there for a long time. He courted the Jets, and, and you know, could he have saved the Jets season instead of the Browns season? So I, I do think it comes down to whether he wants to play because he's proven pretty resoundingly that he can still play and he can still bring things to an offense that most quarterbacks in the NFL can't right now. Is that not one of the most shocking things you've seen in your football lifetime, Sigmund? Like, I just, I still can't get over it. I can't either. This year has, what this year has taught me, fellas, is there's nothing too absurd to just dismiss as impossible in the NFL. And, you know, isn't it great in life when you can keep finding sort of new discoveries about, you know, your profession, your area of expertise? And, I mean, I don't know. It, we're on the air, and sometimes you say something, it turns out to be wrong, and it's embarrassing, but I kind of love it when that happens, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you can only predict so much, and you know what, Sigmund? This Bills season is somewhat of a, an example of that. I mean, they were an early Super Bowl favorite sort of team for the third or fourth year in a row, and it was a right. very rough season in stretches, losing to several bad teams. But here they are, through all of it, in a spot where not only can, with a win, they be in a great position in the playoffs, but it feels like most people expect them to win if they get there. Yeah, I think that what we've seen, you know, maybe the, the story god really came to the Bills' aid by forcing them to have to be perfect down the stretch and also reinvent themselves on offense, something I think we've called for for a while to at least try to develop some balance 
So if you need it, you know you have it. You flex that muscle a few times. So when they fell to six and six and they were looking at having no room for air, well, maybe that's what forced them to unlock the mode inside of themselves that they couldn't unless they absolutely had to, you know, necessity being the mother of invention. And what's invented here, I think, is the mental toughness to not fear the showdowns that are coming as long as they can win tomorrow night or Sunday night. Right. Let's uh, put a a fantasy spin on a couple of Bills players here, Sigmund. I mean, I'm not going to – you know, some leagues go week 18, but I don't know. It's I'm glad to not be in one with as many guys that are sitting. And I I, I don't want to speak for you here, but you're not a week 18 guy, right? No. That's okay. what, the two rules for every league should be no trade vetoes. That's always first. And no no week 18 uh, Super Bowl. You can have a contest where you still set your lineup for week 18 and there's something for the team that has the best uh, points, but you're making the most important part of your league – rely on the most random week of the season. Right. Um, James Cook and Stephon Diggs, Dynasty or next year, however you want to play this, what has Cook, I mean, he's at over 1,000 yards and they're leaning on him. Right. Is where, where might Cook rank for you, if you know, or just how would you describe kind of his value going into next year? Oh, I would be willing to take him in the third round of a draft right now because what we did see when he was used uh, as a downfield receiver, as a receiver, it was not originally why they supposedly took him in the second round. Is what he could add as a receiving running back. They were, you know, looking at nine Hines. They were trying to get different. Uh, they were trying to get these different running backs in, and finally they got a receiving running back. But he's been a better runner. I think he's been more formidable as a runner than anybody expected, including when he's getting to carry 15, 16, 17, 18 in a game. And I think we all can see not even so much guys from an X's and O's standpoint. But from a, a psychological standpoint, Josh Allen is at his best if he doesn't feel like it's all on him. I think the, the flaws in Josh Allen come out when he's putting too much on his shoulders. So I would hope that in the offseason they would be looking at James Cook being a foundational player in this offense. Interesting. When it comes to Diggs, uh, yeah. he's, he, he's one of many high picks in fantasy drafts back in the fall or even in the winter, last winter, who would have let their owners down here down the stretch because of the lack of production. Is that what carries more weight heading into the next fantasy season as far as you see it? What he did weeks 10 through 17, or can he still redeem himself here this week and into the playoffs? Like if he smashes here and looks like a stud, is he right back to like wide receiver three or four or five, whatever he was this year? I don't know about wide receiver three or four or five because I think players, ascendant players like Garrett Wilson, let's see if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, Chris Mm -hmm. Olave, Drake London, we'll see who the quarterback is for Atlanta. I'm kind of hoping for it to be Kirk Cousins, maybe also for Arthur Smith to be out there. I think for the wide receivers that are on their way up, like look look at how C.D. Lamb has finished this season. You probably aren't going to take Stephon Diggs over them, but I do think that Mike Evans is a cautionary example here where there, Mike Evans was really disappointing until week 17 last year, and a lot of people gave up on him in addition to the Baker Mayfield factor, and he fell to the sixth round of draft, and I'm sure a lot of teams won their championship, at least in part, because of Mike Evans. So if it's the late second round and Stephon Diggs is still there, assuming we don't hear about any more discord in the mm-hmm. offseason – uh, I think that would be a smart pick. That's a great call, Evans. Man, that was one of my regrets this year. And, and there was one point, Sigmund, that I did keep using, but I would almost always pick someone else when it came to that stage of drafts, which was he's got that streak 
of 1,000-yard yeah. seasons, one way or another, if he can stay on the field, he's always been very durable, he'll get his 1,000 yards. But it didn't happen that way. It wasn't that they threw him 20 targets in the last game so he could get to 1,000 yards. Like, he just had a great season. Yeah, and I think you mentioned Matt Waldman. You know, in Waldman we trust. He pointed out during the preseason, I think we had all been scarred by Baker Mayfield in fantasy leagues, but he had pointed out that it was actually, he thought it was Chris Godwin that was going to suffer and that Mayfield had showed some acumen throwing the downfield routes that Mike Evans was going to run, and that's what we saw. That's right. Uh, what about Puka? Sigmund as well as somebody yeah. that you take Puka over Diggs next year, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that when you look at someone like Puka Nakua, and let's throw Roshi Rice in there too. As you know, these are guys. Roshi Rice looks like uh, rookie year Amon Ross St. Brown, not just in terms of what they're asking him to do, but how he's making them look smart for having him do it. And I think that a lot of people said about Amon Ross St. Brown, well, if he had more target competition, then he wouldn't be putting up those numbers. And we see how that has turned out. So I, I think Nakua is showing he can do it with target competition with Cooper Cup out there. And, I, you know, I think this was also a year for us to remember, in addition to Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford, this is the value of that veteran quarterback and the value of a good mind in charge of an offense, which, again, is why I'm interested to see where Kirk Cousins lands this offseason. With uh, Sigmund Bloom on Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm happy yeah. to say I was on the right side of that. I'm thinking of another analyst that you know, Dwayne McFarlane, who would preach, yes, okay, he wasn't a first-round pick, and your point about who else is on the field, the quality of their players on the field, but nobody commands targets at this percentage, at this rate, without being really good. And maybe, maybe that is Rice. It took Kansas City a long time to leave him on the field, but maybe that is Rice. Yeah, I think with St. Brown, another thing to keep in mind as we go into the offseason, that year they basically demoted Anthony Lynn and Ben Johnson, who should be a head coach next year if he wants to be a head coach. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was one of the biggest champions of Ben Johnson, and he had said uh, during those last few games that Ben Johnson actually went to the players and collaborated with the players, and he felt like Johnson was responsible for his breakout. So when they removed the interim tag from Johnson's offensive coordinator role, I, to me that was wheels up, you know, good for takeoff. Back to the Bills here again, Sigmund, with Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com, Mike Schoep and the Bulldog on WGR. Dalton Kincaid has, has, yeah. been a, has been a ride this year, you know? Like, oh, well, rookie tight ends, usually pretty modest results. Then Dawson Knox leaves the lineup, and Kincaid really hits. Knox comes back, and it's maybe about it's about nothing, actually, in terms right. of production, like at the very beginning of the season. With it being a year coming up where Sam Laporta happened and two or three other interesting rookies, young players, Trey McBride kind of exploding at tight end for Arizona, and the decline, frankly, of Travis Kelsey, uh, and other names too in here, of course, too. But where does this all leave Kincaid? I think that he'll be an aspirational pick maybe around tight end eight next year, and we should expect him much more ready for what they're going to ask him to do, and it shouldn't hinge as much on Dawson Knox being on the field or not on the field. And I would hope or expect, uh, if we're looking at it from the Kincaid point of view, that the Bills aren't going to pay Gabe Davis. And Khalil Shakir, as we've talked about on your show before, you know, he is still showing, hey, he belongs in the future of this offense. But I think Kincaid is the guy that can really take up some of the slack that Gabe Davis would leave. And whether Knox is on the field or not, he should be ready to break out. All right. Who's who's the first tight end off the board in drafts next year? Laporta or Kelsey or Andrews? Who do you like? 
I think it's got to be Hawkinson. Hawkinson. As long as he doesn't have uh, any kind of lingering issue from this knee uh, injury that knocked him out. Because you can see that no matter the quarterback, whether Justin Jefferson is on the field or not, he's still that foundational player. We wondered whether, again, we, we can get off the trail when we see, well, who else was out there in the second half of the year? Was that why TJ Hawkinson was getting all those targets? They draft Jordan Addison. Even when Justin Jefferson was healthy, T.J. Hawkinson was probably the most reliable fantasy football tight end this year. Well what done. If they, what if they start over at quarterback, which is probably yeah. where they end up, right? Right. But, well, you're right. And I guess we would have to uh, see, like, tr- is, are they truly starting over? Do they move up for a quarterback? You know, guys, this is a four or five quarterback draft. So I think we could easily see some rookie quarterbacks, maybe not to the C.J. Stroud level, as far as revitalizing an offense and and amplifying the fantasy value of players. But I think we definitely should be open to rookie quarterbacks being able to keep an offense in very good shape for fantasy. Well, Sigmund, our Bills need your uh, Steelers here to lose. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and and the Ravens need the Steelers to – I mean, the Ravens, they don't want the Bills in the playoffs, right? So I think this is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah well would you i mean the steelers are a little bit interesting with rudolph and yeah. there's a chance they'll be here next week too yeah and i think that what's what's exciting from a steelers fan point of view is the last two weeks we've actually seen all of these acquisitions Tickens, Najee harris jalen warren was a bit of a surprise but now you can see how in the classic boxing uh metaphor they can go with the body blows in the running game and then go for the knockout punches with George Pickens downfield and have Deontay Johnson there getting open on third and mid uh, and being able to create separation and make some easy throws for Mason Rudolph. And Rudolph has that confidence. And I just wonder if this is one of those things where we need to check back in on some of these quarterbacks that were failures on their rookie contract and see if a few more years in the league has calmed them down to the point that they can be effective. Is there a realistic script here for Rudolph to like be the Steelers' opening day starter next year? Does he need to get them to the playoffs, win a game? Yeah. Like, what is there? Is there something out there that's you know short of winning the Super Bowl? Because like, duh, um, right? Like, what, 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 what are your what are your thoughts there? Well, as a, a football analyst, I would say at this point the onus is on Kenny Pickett to show why he should be the Steelers' starter over Mason Rudolph unless we see a massive regression by Rudolph, which I don't think we're going to see. So, uh, But I know that Mike Tomlin, if he has an Achilles heel, it's loyalty. And I also know the Steelers are a conservative organization, and they might not be willing three years into a quarterback's rookie contract to say, well, this just didn't work out. But I think if they go to the playoffs with Rudolph, uh, he should be considered the presumptive starter if there's rational coaching. Rational coaching. The, what, <laughs> yeah. what a way to end it. Sig- Sigmund, congrats on Bob Harris. I'm going to make a prediction right now. This is the year you and I meet. Oh, yeah. Come on down. I got, I've got to do it. I've got to get to New Orleans. Very good. Thanks, Sigmund, for your time. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Sigmund Bloom, footballguys.com. Bob Harris, a well-known fantasy analyst who just jumped over to uh, that site. All right. Maybe this is the year you and Sigmund meet. You and I go to New Orleans for a few days. What do you think? Why would I want to do that? <laughs> it's a great city. <laughs> you know, I would love to meet. I would love to meet Sigmund. And I and I'm I'm just goofing with you. I, I um yeah. I don't know. I've <laughs> been taking these same trips 
through fantasy football, uh, Canton and Las Vegas, the last three years. But I got to mix it up. Is there is there a fantasy convention in New Orleans? Well, if Sigmund wants there to be one, we'll, we'll, there'll be one. I, I don't think so. We'll go and make one. Uh, that's <laughs> right. A tent. We'll bring a tent. I mean, maybe we need <laughs> more people that outrank me. But, you know, he and I are hanging out. That's a little bit of a fantasy convention. Right. We'll get Krautwurst down there. You know, your uh, Mike Dempsey's perhaps. All right. These are all names I know. Oh, Adam Krautwurst. His son, he tweeted a picture of his son who's about the same age as mine, like maybe... 13, 14 years old, holding up wads of cash from a league he won or finished second in anyway. (laughs) And it was an auction draft. The kid, I've only met the kid once and his dad is very sharp, but he finished second in an auction league. My son, Scott Fish, put together some leagues like father-son leagues Uh and asked me to do that, which I was happy to do. And my son, Julius, played against me. Some were partners and others were set up where it was like separate teams. And my guy just ran over the whole league. <laughs> really? He ran over the league. He had two losses, I guess, but he won three playoff games by a by an average, an average of 80. Oh, my gosh. I know, I know. For all the variance there is in fantasy football, he just never had a close game. It was just all like, oh, it's the finals, and Julius is up by 80 points. Is he just sitting on Joe Flacco all year or something? Like, no, in fact, in the in week 15 or 16, I think it was, one of the playoff weeks, he started Tommy DeVito. Oh, my Lord. Who got pulled. Yeah. Whatever week it was where he got pulled. That was, that was Christmas. Okay, yeah. He got like, pulled. It didn't matter. He won by 100. It didn't even, didn't even matter. He had Lamar, Stroud, because he had to put someone in for Stroud. So he went with uh, DeVito there at one time. Anyway, easy game. 803-0550, Football Friday on WGR. We'll look for your calls next. We've got Sal in for the roundtable starting at 5. And then we'll do picks, of course, at uh, 6. Got a little bit closer last week, so that's good for me. Yes, it did. Yep. Time for a break now. We'll be back in a snap. Brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.